Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. I'm not six. I don't go to parades, okay? I'm not impressed that a bunch of people can play music and march down the street at the same time. SI's Russ Gellinger. It's almost like the, the Rose Bowl feels like it's backed into a corner a little bit, I guess. Is going to start to talk publicly to use that to gain sympathy. Got news for your Rose Bowl. Not gaining any sympathy. And SI's Pat Forty. I'm licking the toad. I'm down with the hallucinogenics. Give me the frogs to win and cover and shoot blood out of their eyes if need be when cornered. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. Hi, welcome to the pod race for the case week 10. We talked about it the other day. Trap week for the SEC. There's a few good games. Not a trap game everywhere, really. Alabama versus uh, Ole Miss is uh and you see it is really that's the the that and washington oregon those are the two ranked on ranked tcu obviously uh texas also uh and then there's ucf Tulane. so those are your four ranked on ranked games kind of like seeing washington oregon and tcu texas take over the prime time kind of yeah. you know just a yeah. little bit of a shift georgia mississippi state's gonna be good too at night so good saturday night of games uh, and we'll see what materializes. Other than that, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State's got Indiana, both at home. They've got to survive to uh, carry on, although probably either one could lo- use a loss and still beat the other and probably make it. So I don't know. We'll see. There's a bunch going on. But people are watching. People are watching Indeed. college football. Imagine. Imagine that. This is the number that popped huge last week. Tennessee, Georgia, CBS, 13.06 million viewers. Wow. That is a huge number. Move aside MLB and NBA. Yeah. Bigger than, and yes, bigger than, bigger than either. Later that night, game six of the World Series didn't come close. What really fascinates me on this is it was not a great game. No. Right. you know, so that's that's what struck me. It's one thing if you're like, hey, everyone's tuning at the end, somebody could lose. But that ranks uh, as an absolute monster game. Very few games. So uh, as compare, compare to compare it, last year, 
there were only two regular season games that got over 10 million viewers. Really? And yes, one was um, Michigan, Ohio State. I think the other was Alabama, Auburn. And I think that's it. It was the last wow, week those of the year. Those were both on the same day, back to back. Same yeah. day. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State got close and that got nine and a half. Alabama A&M got 8.3 million. And I'm running through the weeks here. Uh, I don't believe there's another one. Uh, Oregon, Ohio State, that for early, yeah. You Georgia Clemson the first week, 8.8. So to get 13 million for a game not in prime time, wasn't competitive, wasn't competitive early, uh, is amazing. So like last year's Ohio State-Michigan was the highest rated regular season game, as it often is, 15.8 million. And that was obviously a monumental game. The Auburn-Alabama to 10.3. Now you get to... Big Ten Championship and the SEC Championship both do over $10 million every time, pretty much. Uh, and then you get to the playoffs, uh, you get there, and the Rose Bowl usually does big numbers, too. But 13.3, fourth game already. So not out of the – certainly Michigan-Ohio State is going to do yeah, 15 huge. to $20 million. Who knows, right? That's going to be a, a, a big, big number. But that would be five over two regular season games. So people are – they're into the season. It's a fun season. The season's popping. Uh, I'm not going to get parody. on my soapbox and remind everyone that, uh, that uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to do it briefly. The game is not dying because of NIL and the transfer portal. In fact, it's more popular. <laughs> I knew that was coming. But that's it. I had to do it. I had to do it. It's like you go to the Taylor Swift show. You want her to play the hits, you know? <laughs> You can't deep cut all the way. I got to be starting. I got to be a pain in the ass. But y'all told me the sport was dying because Jaden Daniel can now play in a really good team, and that got $7.58 million. I was told it was dying. Anyway, what's up with the TV numbers, man? Are we just getting more lazy? I mean, this is like a, I mean, this is a boom this year. It is. Yeah, I want a couple other th interesting elements to this. I think too is like sometimes if you have a bad weather Saturday across the nation, people are dr driving in, going indoors. Or we've had we've had a lot of good weather this fall. I mean, October in most of the country, you know, in November, there but people are choosing even with good weather to stay inside and watch football. I do think the. So the elements of some fresh teams involved helps. Tennessee with a big fan base has been really fun. TCU doesn't have as big a fan base, but really fun to watch. Pac-12 schools that are viable. You know, I just think I think there's several elements that that factor in here to to making it. And the products, it's been good. I mean, we've seen a lot of good games, a lot of exciting offenses. So uh, it's it's really interesting. What are the other? This is the fifth game over 10 million this year. What are the other ones, Dan? All right. So let's see. I'm looking back. Last week, Ohio State, Penn State did 8.2. That's a really good number. Week eight, the highest was Syracuse Clemson at 4.7. So that was a little down. Alabama, Tennessee, 11.56 million. Man, AM, Alabama did seven. If I, if I change the number from 10, just because I'm lazy, it's <laughs> like, you know, one to 10. But if I dropped it to seven, it'd be really good. Alabama, Arkansas, a lot of them are in the fives. Uh, let's see. I'm sure kickoff Georgia. Uh, Alabama, Oregon. Texas did 10.6. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio State did 10.5. Mm. So there's mm. your games. Mm. And, you know, uh, Alabama, LSU did 7.58 million. So that's a really good number. But you just, uh, I, I don't know the full viewership, and I could probably have looked it up uh, or reached out to the networks uh, who are happy to provide that info when the ratings are up. But I'm this. We just joked. I, we we plotted the show 40 seconds before the show. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, extensive uh, research. And, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you try to explain things, and I think Pat's right in the parody right now. I mean, we we maybe have, we'll have a playoff without Clemson and Alabama for the first time ever. And so I think the infusion of a little more parody this year has brought, brought more eyeballs. But also, how about sports gambling? I wonder how mm. influential and impactful that is being because, you know, uh, more states, more states are opening up and in, in legalizing sports gambling, and you wonder how that's impacting the uh, the viewership. I have to think there might be some uh, effect there. And then, you know, we saw, I believe, like we saw kind of a dip in viewership overall, not just college football, but in all sports during COVID. And now we're a little more revo- removed from that and, you know, thing in, in, and, you know, uh, I think it was College Game Day. Like, they've had several shows this year where it's, like, been a record since, you know, 15 years or the highest rated since 15 years. So people are definitely gravitating right now to to college uh, college football. And uh, it's good to see. And I think attendance even, home attendance, which has been steadily it's declining. It's ticked up. Yeah. It's ticking it's back up. up. No, barely, but it's mm-hmm. ticking back up. So, it's interesting what's happening. I, I think, you know, I think one of the big advantages that college football has over everything else is, and we, we may have talked about this, and it's not any secret. I think people have, like, tweeted about it and wrote about it in the past, is when there's bad college football on, it's still really fun and entertaining to watch. And so you, there's, like, no losing. There's no losing when you turn on college football unless it's, like, a 50-point game or something. Absolutely, the gambling is, it plays a role. And I, I would think it it plays a role in the big number, but also probably, and again, I, I'd have to look deeper into this, but like, you know, 2.23 million watch Penn State, Indiana, you know, or mm. 2.51 million watch, you know, Tech, TCU. I mean, that's a good game. I don't know. Some of the games that maybe you wouldn't, or that was, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily get a huge number on. But ratings up, everything's up. It's pretty interesting, and I, I mean, I just think once we have a playoff, it's just gonna boom. There's more games that matter, and interestingly, they're doing this without without Ohio State and Michigan playing really a lot of interesting games. Yeah, yeah. true. You know, I mean, true. Ohio State Northwestern had four point seven six million viewers most weeks, even a year ago, let alone four years ago. That would be the number one rated game in in college football was third this time. Granted, there was a little bit of element that Ohio state could lose, but it was a terrible game. It was at yeah. noon, you know, like if, it, if that's Ohio state, if, if Northwestern is, is eight win Northwestern or six, six and two Northwestern, it's a better deal, you know, but there's just, people are into it. So that's yeah. uh, good to see. I mean, I, I certainly didn't anticipate watching any of that game. And when it was close, I, I found myself watching quite a bit of it. So I, there might have been people like me that was like, oh, wait a minute. Is there a chance Northwestern could do this? Tune in. And I think, like, you look at that Alabama-LSU game. Now, I got 7.5. I mean, that's probably as good of a game as you're going to have all year. At the same time, Clemson and Notre Dame are drawing 3.22 million. 
Mm-hmm. And that was not a close game, but it's certainly a an impactful game. Yes. Now, Those were going head-to-head, head, weren't they? They're going head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was, you know, I think most people were moving back and forth. So, I don't know, just interesting. Great, great year so far. And uh, I don't think we'll get a, a, a I, I don't know, I can't imagine a 10 million number this week, but I think we're at least getting five regular season games and maybe more that will get over 10. And that's, uh, I think that's notable. So we'll do more that. than the, uh, more than the average NBA finals this past year's NBA finals, more than yeah. the average uh, viewership, but also more than the, the clinching game of the world series. If you would go right out last week. Yeah. I believe drew in the twelves. And, uh, so yeah, pretty impressive. Yeah. With two huge markets. Yeah. Yeah. You and know. no competing games. Too. No, no competing like no, games. Huge no market. other baseball games are on. Yeah. Well, uh, Americans love football. They do. Uh, Breaking on that. College but football inquirer sources. But we're it's we're gonna lose. It's all gonna go away. <laughs> we will pick all this week's games and race to the case in a few minutes. I uh, wanted to get to a couple other stories here. The uh, story that has been written many times, was written again this week by Heather Dinich over at ESPN. What to do with the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff seems to be one of the main sticking points. The Rose Bowl is is adamant that it continues to get its January 1st, 5 p.m. Eastern time. It sinks perfectly, so the sun sets at the start of the third quarter. Of course, 5 p.m. is not an ideal time to start a game if you're trying to have three or four windows. And it wants that time exclusively, even in the years it is not hosting a playoff game. It's a mess. The I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Ross, what the hell is going on with the Rose Bowl? It's just, uh, I wrote about this so many times. You were, It's just like, yeah. is anyone just going to tell the Rose Bowl? Like, I, I, I love the Rose Bowl. Yeah. But like, I, I, I uh, yeah, back in, in uh, July 2021, so just, a month after they introduced the adopted or the the playoff expansion model, so 15 months ago, I wrote about how this is going to be the biggest hurdle in expansion. Like this is going to be the biggest one, and lo and behold, 15 months later, we are still there. You know, the last couple months after meetings, three things have come up as far as hurdles right now that they 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 haven't overcome to get this thing done early in 24 25. One has been the calendar of games, scheduling games around the NFL and such, and holidays and graduation, all that. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I put the new the dates out uh, from their meeting in Dallas. All that's pretty much done. So they kind of checked off that one. And the others, t- the other two are the revenue distribution model. Haven't checked off that yet, from what I understand. In bowl contracts, and commissioners have talked about this on the record. Bowl contracts. The bowls are are in a twelve year deal with ESPN and the CFP, all of them together, all parties of this 12-year contract that runs through the 2025 playoff. And the Bulls have to all unanimously be on board to change anything with the contract and expand before the contract ends. And so bowl contracts come kept coming up, and I kept hearing that, well, of the six bowls, five of the six are fine. And so it was still one. So this shouldn't be any breaking news, but what, what ESPN's story did get was the Rose Bowl on the record, uh, which was been very hard to get, something I have not been able to do 
And uh, it's almost like the the Rose Bowl feels like it's backed into a corner a little bit, I guess, is going to start to talk publicly to use that to gain sympathy. Got news for your Rose Bowl, not gaining any sympathy at all. I I don't think this is gaining sympathy at all. In fact, it's probably further irritating uh, people in that commissioner's room. I remember talking last July. Let me read one of the quotes. Yeah. Let me read one of the quotes. Yeah, yeah, fire away. Laura Farber of the committee. Uh, what we're asking for is a three-hour window every three years. It's basically the the every once in a while it's going to happen on Jan one. They want to play and they want they want to stop the sport so they can continue to have the full television window. And and let's make it very clear. It's <laughs> that's because of revenue. Okay, yeah. so they they act like. Uh, I'll read the whole quote, and then I'll then I'll rip it apart. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> if you think about that in the big picture, it's not a big ask. January 1 is an important part of the Tournament of Roses New Year's celebration. We believe that fans will expect to see that and want to see that. You start out with the Rose Parade. Then on the same day, you have the Rose Bowl game to celebrate the start of the new year. It's not only tradition. It's part of the brand and who we are and what we've built since 1903. It's great for all the people that go to the parade in Pasadena. Maybe even the ones that watch on TV who like watching the parade. I don't Maybe. care. Watch. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. You can still have your parade. You can also play your football game anytime you want. You just won't get, as I said earlier, the 16 million people watching because you're the only thing on television on New Year's Day afternoon. So you get a huge television audience because there's all sorts of people sitting around New Year's Day going, what are we going to watch? Rose Bowl. I love it. It's great. It is a great tradition. But no one is telling you you can't run a game. They're just telling you you're going to make less money off it. Right. 2 p.m. is not the right time. Why are we dealing with these bowls at all? The other ones at least are like, holy crap, we better bend over backwards or they're going to cut us out like they should. (laughs) These guys... High maintenance. <laughs> the high maintenance Rose Bowl. Come on. Extremely high Laura, maintenance. Laura, I don't care about your little flower parade. <laughs> what are these? Who is? Uh, come on. This is. Uh, this is. No, I like the flower still employing parade. Ari Fleischer. Now you set me off. I was waiting for the volcano to erupt and I was so I was hoping to erupt. (laughs) (laughs) This is stupid. What am I reading? What am I reading? You're telling me these commissioners, Uh, esteemed leaders of college athletics, are sitting around going, I gotta deal with this. Well, we got this parade. And in 1903, ah, it's great. 1903 had a horse-drawn carriage. (laughs) <laughs> trying to run a multi-billion dollar operation here yeah good lord yeah. all right That's well pat, help me help me pat help me <laughs> i've been to the parade i've attended the tournament of roses parade how was it it was fine you know i mean it was like whatever okay glowing rave like review six-year-olds it was when, no it was new year's morning i was hung over it's like okay cool where's the bloody mary you know yeah. let's just move on that was when I attended the Rose Bowl as a fan, too, and it was awesome. But you could have played it at 2, it would have been awesome. You could have played it at 7, it would have been awesome. It would be awesome anytime. 
Now, yes, the okay, sunset, the sunset can set cool. in the middle of the second quarter or the fourth it quarter. It doesn't matter. It can. The sun can A set. sunset is holding this thing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tradition, yeah. Dan. Tradition. And this That's, woman. What? Yeah. What are we yeah, doing? We're willing to work with the playoff. Oh, not really. Not very much. No. And yeah. remember, this yeah. is not... The, this is not the first time, right? Obviously, you know, the Rose Bowl did its deal during the BCS, right? And, and flustered everybody. Right. Uh, and then again, at the beginning of the CFP, I believe, kind of, you know, they had their separate contracts, I believe, right, with ESPN or in the Big Ten and Pac-12. Like, they kind of do their own thing. And this, you know, I think everybody saw this coming a few, several, you know, last year, uh, this was going to be a problem. And here's what the Rose Bowl wants from what I understand and I think Heather wrote a little bit about this, but I'd heard it a couple of weeks ago. Is they're they're trying to get on board with the CFP in the new the 2026 and beyond the new contract. Whenever the new playoff gets organized and agreed upon, and so they're using 2024. They're holding out as a bargaining as a chip to get involved to be involved with 2026 and beyond. Here's the thing: if I'm a commissioner in that room, and I think some of them feel this way, it's you know what. If we don't expand in twenty early in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, number one, we're going to blame you, right? We're going to put it out publicly. It's because of you that we're not doing this. It's your fault. Number two, you are not getting involved in twenty twenty six and beyond. You will not be part of our new playoff. That's what I'm doing. Back when when uh, we back when I we wrote the death of the BCS, I, I our our solution to the Rose Bowl was to give them the national championship game every year. Mm. Just make it. Rose Bowl hosts the national title game every year, the way Omaha hosts the baseball yeah. world. Series. And it's a great building. LA, the weather's going to be deep, right? It's got a lot of yeah. advantages. You're not moving mm -hmm. around, and it's a great thing. And I got pushed back from the Rose Bowl then. Not Laura. I don't know Laura. I'm sure she's great, but um, they're like, <laughs> well, and I'm like, first of all, it's a stupid proposal by me that no one listened to, clearly. But like, if somebody hands you the second biggest sporting event of the year, other than the Super Bowl, every single year, yeah, and I you go, yeah, but it's not going to be the same day as the parade. <laughs> I'm not six. I don't go to parades. Okay, <laughs> I'm not impressed that a bunch of people can play music and march down the street at the same time. <laughs> I don't need to see SpongeBob surrounded by flowers. In, yeah. Yeah, the floats are very or, nice, Dan. They take a lot of work. I'm yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> oh my God, how'd they blow up that big? Oh my goodness, they made this truck look like a flower. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 1903, man. No, it's not. And here, you look. Here's here's the 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 reminder that the Rose Bowl folks perhaps might need. I'll ask you guys. What is the greatest Rose Bowl game you have ever yeah, seen? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not it was USC, Texas, <laughs> and it was played on January 4th, not January 1st, and it kicked off at night, and we didn't and have a sunset. It was and a it double was Rose Bowl, wasn't it? Awesome. Didn't they double host? Right? There was a double host. I don't was, think they I did because right? this was it was January fourth. I don't did, did they have maybe a that's the year they game? didn't do that. Yeah, maybe that's maybe, I don't maybe think that's they the did. one year. I think that's right. It's the one year that that didn't happen, and that's what they want to do. You know, that's what they're fighting for here in the new contract. They want to 
And and again, it's just like Dan when when you, the reaction from them when you propose they host the national championship every year, which you would think any bowl would be like, yes, bring it, yes. Are you yes. the reaction City? to them was, eh, <laughs> I don't know. And this is the reaction that the CFP is getting because they're in, you know, they're host semi. They would host a semifinal and quarterfinals in a rotation. Who wouldn't want to host semifinals and quarterfinals? Everybody right. would want to host semifinal and quarterfinal, right? Liberty Bowl, like the Citrus Bowl. I mean, everybody wants to be involved in that. They're scratching and clawing to be involved in hosting a playoff game. And what does the Rose Bowl want? One out of every three years, I believe, right? They want to host the fourth best Big Ten team and the third best <laughs> Pac-12 team in a game on January 1. It defies logic. And have everybody stop playing. That's right. For their five-hour window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we can show, you know, so Minnesota we show yeah. against Arizona State. Yeah. It's so ludicrous that they've enabled these guys. I I don't even know what to say about this. Yeah. I, the, call uh, them out then. I'd hate to see it. But if literally trying to give someone the Super Bowl, the mini Super Bowl, Every single year, and they're like, "Oh no, that's just nah, not. we yeah. gotta have more." Nah, Who yeah. the hell are these people? Go stage your own game down at SoFi Stadium. You're out. Thirty-five point six million people viewed the Texas USC game that was not on January first, and that was not played with the sunset as a factor. The stupid sunset. This is this sport is unbelievable. All right. Speaking of unbelievable, we got Mike Leach. I have questions, <laughs> Ross, about uh, Mississippi State. So, you know, they kicked away the game, almost kicked away the game to yeah. Auburn last weekend. Now they get Georgia this week. So maybe this is a this is a, a motivational ploy. I don't know. But one of the great cla- the classic lines of the year. Uh, now we saw him folding up the little <laughs> chairs that the wide yeah. receivers were supposed to sit on because he yeah. didn't believe they did. they hadn't earned the right to sit on a little chair. <laughs> classic. Uh, he was very mad. Cla- that was a great scene. Just went over. There were a bunch of folding chairs where the, the wide receivers were supposed to meet on the sideline. He just folded them up and threw them down. And he did it in so orderly. He did it so orderly yeah. right in the middle of the game. <laughs> slowly, like, folding them up, placing them on the ground instead of, like, knocking them over. You know, he yeah, just right. did it no. quietly. He did it like a janitor, you know, yes, taking care right. of an yes. assembly. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, like after the assembly. Right. Yeah. Then later he declared about the players. He was very mad about the players. He said, instead of playing hard, you want to sit behind a shade tree, eat a fish sandwich, and drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. <laughs> this is just... Also, that sounds terrible. Lemonade out in the sun. Yeah, uh, even sandwich. if you got a tree, you're yeah. hot, you're eating a fish sandwich with lemonade. That sounds terrible. Uh, I don't think that Mike Leach, of all people, should be doing any uh, body shaming. <laughs> or critic, you know, making physical appearance jokes about the player's girlfriend. Uh, he's used the fat little girlfriend line back. I think at tech. Yeah, he's used that yep. before. Apparently, yeah. Washington State, they're all in. You know, they're they're tall or something. I don't know what. Not fat little girlfriends. <laughs> that a couple questions. One, uh, what's up with that? And B, where do you get the fish sandwich? Is that yeah? <laughs> like where is, is start like Harvey's? Mick what's fish? that? Harvey's downtown. Is that a big place? Right? I remember that. Harvey's, Harvey's, oh yeah, Harvey's in Starkville, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, might be like the, the it might be the McFish sandwich. Is it? Is it the Arv? That's true. Do we get Pusha T? Is he around? Yeah, we might need we might need to consult Pusha T here Pusha on T. which <laughs> fish sandwich the the soft, lazy Mississippi State receivers should be eating. 
I, I tell you what, if I had to guess what, what he's citing, he's probably not even citing anywhere in Starkville. He's probably citing some Key West uh, meal of a, a hogfish mm. sandwich down there in the Keys. True. That's his hangout. Yeah, where he <laughs> spends about three months a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a fish, yeah, fish sandwich. It's out of nowhere. The fish sandwich. <laughs> the fish sandwich dragged into this. I know. <laughs> what did the fish sandwich do? Taking a stray. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm uncertain. I'm uncertain, but that's, you know what? Look, we, one of the reasons we keep Mike Leach around is to see what ridiculous things are going to come out of his mouth about about five times a year. Something is coming up with something. Searching for NBA playoff coverage. We've got you. The old man and the three presented by BMW gives you an inside look into the world of sports hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend JJ Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter. The old man and the three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Also, Pat, I believe you were informed of some, you know, my Ooh. my horn frog uh, uh, get high licking the frog <laughs> might have been lacking in some facts or something. I who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe so, not. Maybe I'm yeah, not, not the not most factual, uh, shocking, the best expert on frog life. I don't know, but Pat, you have gotten some. Apparently, I have they, gotten some. Yes, some some criticism feedback. Yeah. Since we did go down a Sonoran desert toad poisonous hallucinogenic uh i would say rabbit hole but let's just call it a frog hole toad hole and so now yes i have i have information fun facts on the horned frog uh so here we go horned frogs which are actually horned lizards are endearing to texans but they are also a threatened species it's only natural that a scientist from tcu would be the one spearheading an effort to help save them and then we got some information about him but here's your fun facts TCU is named the Horn Frogs because legend has it the football field was covered with Horn Frogs and the players would quote practice end quote with them. I don't know why that's in quotes. I don't know what that means. Does that mean they would stomp on them or something else? Now, here is your best fun fact: the horned lizard can shoot blood up to five feet out of its eyes yeah. as a defense mechanism. That is awesome. I, I mean, heard if you're, about that. yeah, if you're, you know, if you're a susceptible little amphibian or whatever the heck they would be, I guess, uh, reptile out there in the desert, being able to shoot blood five feet out of your eyes is pretty cool. Um, let's see, sport, uh, it doesn't matter. Horned frogs' unique camouflage has been used by the U.S. military, and they are called horned frogs because their body shape makes them mo- look more like frogs than lizards. Hmm. Please All let right. me know if you have any questions. <laughs> wow. very good very good it's a great hey, it's a great mascot yeah that's that's a, it is, a, it is it, i love cool i love different kind of unique mascots and that's that's one of them I, I love it i um i'm a fan also this week this is not a game this week but it was announced this week uh you know uab and memphis in the american uh is now going to become a permanent rivalry mm. and that is the battle of the bones Yes, they have oh, a, yeah. the the rib challenge, the rib 
trophy, the Battle of the Bones. It's going to be now the AAC's got to move. So they're going to play every year. They didn't play this year. Just quickly, I repeat my appeal, my begging that each city is, each school is required to send at least one restaurant to home and away to have a cook off in, in rival sidelines. And then the winner gets mm. real ribs. Mm. It'd be fantastic. Yes. Birmingham, all right, please do this. Find, get a smoker down in the stadium and let's go. Dreamland versus Rendezvous or whatever. It's a million yeah, or county line or whatever. Yes. Yep. Interstate. Yep. It's so many good places. Yeah, so interstate. Let's, yep. Don't just have the the rib trophies fantastic, but this is your chance, AAC. Yeah. This is your chance. Let's play this thing up. Dan, I've got a weird story for you that just popped up. Uh, I know you oh. love weird stories. I did, I have to quickly uh, read this one. A 23-year-old man was arrested in England for throwing eggs at King Charles. And the man, his punishment, the man's punishment, and this sounds like something from, you know, the, the 1400s. The man's punishment for throwing <laughs> eggs is he is banned from carrying eggs in public. That's the punishment. He can no longer carry eggs in public. I thought this was fake. I'm reading it. It's real. It's incredible. Is it in the this Daily, Daily Mail? Mail? Is this our friends it's the mirror. The mirror. The mirror. Oh, okay. yeah. It's a rival. Unbelievable. It's a rival. He can no longer carry <laughs> eggs. What a shame that is. Man. That's the punishment. Like, yes. So if you're this dude... And you get you need to go to the grocery store and buy eggs. Do you risk it? You put them in a get a paper bag so nobody can see that you have them, or do you have somebody else carry them for you or door all the dash eggs, them for you? All the eggs he threw at the king, by the way, all of them missed. All of them missed. Oh, Is he an Iowa quarterback? Yeah. Uh, egg, <laughs> eggs don't hit people. People throw eggs that hit people. So this is uh, it's really a. a it's a proxy for the gun gun control debate. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great punishment. Except, like, I mean, you really have to have an alert police officer to know yeah. that's the guy. Oh, that's right? the guy. And he's carrying eggs. Arrest him. Right. If you're just driving, <laughs> if you're just a police officer in, in London or wherever this guy is, I like to think of all of England as just one city. <laughs> And you just see a random guy walking down. He's got a, you know, got his little grocery sack and there's some eggs sticking out. You don't just naturally. I mean, this could lead to stop and frisk all over the place. Absolutely. Set an egg in your pocket. This could be a real problem for him at Easter, you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> right? This could be an issue. People, I mean. Uh, <laughs> that's a great punishment. It'll stop it. Yeah, and if he follows it, he will indeed not be able to throw eggs. Uh, at anyone unless he's got an accomplice all right let's uh british easter eggs i just found them hey yeah so you're right they exist well 10 british easter egg top 10 british easter eggs from british corner shop there you go how about a proper english breakfast can't even do that no no kind of a weird thing all right let's uh let's pick some games we're all right okay yeah we're deep off the thing um As it tends to happen on the on the race of the case. Number seven, LSU at Arkansas. High noon, ESPN, 11 a.m. Central. LSU is giving three points. Pat, what's going to happen? Oh, I'm so tempted to pick Arkansas here just because it all sets up well for them. You know, we've gone through it. We went through a Tuesday. Mm. They tend to have tough games there uh, at Arkansas. 
Arkansas has a chance to really help make a disappointing season and you can ruin LSU's season. LSU's going to be on a little hangover probably, but I'm not. I'm taking LSU and I'm laying the small number because what does Brian, what is Brian Kelly's MO? He beats the teams he should beat. That's what he always did at Notre Dame. They don't just flop uh, uh, in games against underdogs. So I am going to say that Brian Kelly gets them back up, back going, and they are just enough to beat the Hogs in uh, Fayetteville. Man, I'm, I'm saying I'm tempted. We Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the week. The early kick at 11 a.m. supposed to be like in the 30s. The temperature, Arkansas is mad after the Liberty game. You know, LSU's coming after a physical battle. I, I'm really tempted to, to pick the Hogs. I'm I'm not as well. I'm going to go with LSU, but um, have a little faith. I think I'm going to go with Arkansas just just because the season's been chaotic enough that I, I want to see how far off the rails we can get mm-hmm. in the SEC. <laughs> so I'm going to take Arkansas to cover and just give us a nice little shakeup going into Week 12. There we go. Uh, I, I'm sticking with LSU. I'm I'm I was with Pat on this one, uh, Brian Kelly corollary they got too much to play for uh they're playing really well too and uh arkansas really isn't so uh i'm gonna take lsu on this it's it's a little dicey though the weather does not help i would wait until about 10 55 central time uh to check on that one number let's see number 22 ucf at number 17 tulane Lane's giving one and a half games at 3.30 on ESPN2. Ross, who you got? Huge game in the AAC we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm, uh, I spent a couple days this past week at Tulane. Uh, you know, I'm from about <clears throat> an hour down the coast of New Orleans, so I'm at Granny's house uh, right now. And because I'm at Granny's house, we have Mardi Gras stuff here, and uh, that includes this headdress. Oh. So happy Mardi Gras. And and uh, and I'm not throwing beads though, to you. I am not throwing <laughs> any beads at you. Unfortunately, uh, despite the headdress in Tulane and Mardi Gras and all that good stuff, I'm picking UCF to cover. <laughs> Give me the Gus bus. Not so fast, my friend. The numbers small, one and a half, right? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, one and a half. And who's favored? Tulane. 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 It switched. Okay. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was the way. Thanks for putting a lot of prep thought into this. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. great, great show. Great show. Yeah. We're very prepared. We're on aren't top we? of it. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> just give me Tulane. Big moment. Um <laughs> I'm not sure there is. Thanks, I'm thanks. not sure they're as good as UCF, but I'm gonna. I can see them rising to the occasion here. You know, they've they're on a hot streak. Won what five in a row against decent competition. So UCF comes in. I think uh, Tulane keeps it rolling, keeps it on high, and the state of Louisiana has another big weekend with LSU and Tulane winning and covering. This game's a mess. <laughs> uh, I mean. So I, I I can't base everything off Tulane beating ECU twenty four to nine and U, UCF losing to ECU thirty four to thirteen. Who could base it all off of that? But UCF also beat Cincinnati. I got uh, I'm going with the Green Wave because they were my lock of the week last week and they paid off. So I got to maybe try to ride the hot hand there. So I'll take Tulane. Imagine 
one of these playoff, if we had the 12 team playoff, if something like Tulane played LSU somehow. Oh my God. That'd be so yep. awesome. Cotton like, Bowl. Little brother yep. gets a crack. Like, oh my goodness. Yep. yep. You know, and it could certainly happen. I mean, if LSU oh, was yeah. five and and uh, you know, one year or twelve or something like that, and God forbid somehow it got reversed and like LSU had to come to Tulane. Oh be so wild. Anyway, uh, I'm taking Tulane. Dream season continues down there in New Orleans. I think uh, they're they're it, I, I don't know. I, I I like their offense. It's uh, Ross's like lone citronaut there, right? I know. Yeah. I'm going to be at the game. They're going to throw eggs at me. <laughs> I don't like picking against UCF. Yeah, you could be the egg guy. All right. Um, number two, number nine, Alabama, at number eleven, Ole Miss. 3.30, CBS, very interesting game. We talked a lot about it earlier in the week, if you want to go back and listen. Tied, 12-point favorites. Pat, who you got? Yeah, one of the big reasons our records suck this year is because we have not figured out Alabama, how to <laughs> bet Alabama. And I am going to take Mississippi and the points. It's a pretty big number. Mississippi is at home. Mississippi is coming off an open date. Mississippi's had two weeks to prepare we know how much Lane Kiffin wants to beat Nick Saban. So he's put a lot of eggs into this game, into this basket, speaking of eggs and throwing them and et cetera. Right. Alabama coming off the LSU game has been a bad road team, flat-out bad road team this year. Sloppy, not forcing turnovers, not stopping the run. And that's Alabama's given up more than 180 yards rushing in their all three of their SEC road games. Mississippi is the best rushing team in the SEC. If Ole Miss can run the ball, they not only can cover, they could perhaps win, but I definitely like them to cover. Yeah, every every Alabama line this year has been like, what? Like, I can't, you know, and I saw this one, it's like, huh? Like, they're, I think they opened it like 11 and a half point favorites at, at Ole Miss after, you know, losing two games this year and almost losing two more. Like, give me the Rebels to cover at home and maybe win. I ended up picking Alabama straight up to win in our other picks, but I very much think that uh, Ole Miss could, can pull this off, but they certainly can cover the 12. I think Lane's going to try to dial it up big time versus Alabama. I think the students are going to show out. They're going to be rowdy at home, but I don't think Saban's going to not cover in this game. I, I think the Bears has been poked too much this year. I think he de he desperately does not want to have three losses on his record going into next year. So I have Alabama covering. I think it's it's going to look a lot like that LSU Ole Miss game where they just it, Alabama is just going to just just work their magic and, and and cover and score and and just beat them. I'm taking Bama. I I, I can't I got them wrong every week on Bama, but you guys were wrong every week on Bama too, and you went the other way. <laughs> I don't think they lose a third time. I think they're better than Ole Miss. I think they've lost two tough games. I I'm fine with it. I, I think they, they may not lose, there. but can they cover? Can they cover a double-digit number? Mm -hmm. God, it's a big number. I hate I hate betting on Alabama, but I'm taking yeah. I hate betting the Bama games. I don't care. Taking Bama. All right. Number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon Ducks. Ducks giving 13 and a half, 7 p.m., Fox. Ross, what's happening? Oof, big line, 13 and a half. But Oregon, rightfully so, has played well enough to, I guess, warrant that line. They've just been on a pretty good tear since uh, since losing to Georgia by 46 points. I don't remember a 
a team that's been in contention for the playoff this late in the year having a loss like it has on the schedule. Also, Oregon has covered pretty phenomenally this year, except for that first game. So I, I think Oregon covers again. 13 and a half, give me, uh, give me the Ducks to cover it. Yep, I'm with you. I'm, uh, I am definitely on the Duck train on this, where I just think that they're, they are rolling at a really high level. Their offense is just flowing right now. Bonex is playing great. Kenny Dillingham's dialing it up well. And I think that uh, the, the Washington defense is gettable. It's not it's it's a pretty good defense, but it's gettable, especially by a high functioning offense. So I would say ducks by fourteen at least. Maybe all Bo Nix ever really needed was a little bit of time in the pocket. And uh he's showing that this year. Additionally, Oregon is a team that I don't see a lot of other teams in the nation have this trait where at any point in the game they can flip the switch and go up twenty one on you and just and just turn on the jets and pull away. So I think Oregon, even if it's tight in the first half, second half, they'll stop playing around and then uh, they'll go out and cover. So I'm taking the Ducks. Ducks offense is crazy. 13 and a half doesn't scare me. Uh, I'll take them to uh, cover. All right. Finally, number four, TCU at number 18, Texas. Longhorns are the favorites. Seven points. Game is at 730 on ABC. I think we go back to Pat on this. Yeah, th- this... I mean, in in one respect, I'm sitting there saying, and I've looked at this a fair amount this week, that TCU is being wildly disrespected. And I I think I would still stand with that. But statistically, Texas uh, looks very much up for the challenge. Still, I'm not not laying seven against the, the hypnotodes. I'm licking the toad. I'm down with the hallucinogenics. Give me the frogs to win and cover and shoot blood out of their eyes if need be when cornered. <laughs> I just, I think for the last five weeks or for the last five weeks, I've picked TCU to lose. I uh, I just keep kind of waiting for it to happen, waiting for them to uh, not mount their incredible comeback. And they continue to prove me wrong. And they'll have to do it again. I think Texas wins the game in covers the seven. Give me the Longhorns in the Gary Patterson Bowl. I was talking with a TCU fan uh, yesterday, and he was a little up in arms about Bijan Robinson getting so much love and not Kendra Miller uh, in the national landscape. And I had to inform him, well, that's because Max Duggan is playing out of his mind this year with 24 touchdowns and two picks. Good point. If your quarterback is going off all year, that's why your running back is going to get less, less, of a sh- less shine. Uh, I, I think Ewers might have a couple turnovers in this game. I, I believe that TCU is going to cover. I think TCU might win the, the, this joker also. So I'm going with the Horned Frogs. Win with Quinn. Texas is going to take a huge lead early like they normally do. Then they're going to almost blow the game. <laughs> and then Texas is going to win. Uh, they'll cover at the end. Uh, Texas is a better team than TCU right now. So uh, great see, story on the Frogs, though. I would, yeah, see? So I'll I, take it, The blood-shooting Frogs. I will also say... Uh, if this does come down to like a turnover situation, Max Duggan's thrown one interception for every 122 passes he's thrown this year. Win with Quinn has thrown one for every 35. So I'll take ball yeah, security, yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Win with Quinn. Uh, also, the the old Vegas adage, when the lower-ranked team is a significant favorite, they win. So I'm going with that one. Uh, all right, locks of the week. Uh, who's got one? Anyone do any research? Yeah, I got one. I am prepared. Uh, 
Go ahead, it, uh, go ahead, Ross. Yeah, give me. Uh, I think, I think I've taken West Virginia earlier this year to as one of my locks, and they did not cover. I'm going to try again. They're at home to Oklahoma. Mountaineers are an eight point underdog to a Sooners team that's really struggled this year. It's a huge game for Neil Brown. Every game, it seems like this year has been a big game for Neil Brown and his future. And this is this is another one. I, I think at home they they get it done and uh, and they cover the eight. So give me the Mountaineers to to hold serve and maybe win that game. Certified lock. All right, I'm uh, I am gonna go to the late night and see if any of the degenerates in the re- listenership want to uh, hang out with me for the 10:30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Boise State at Nevada. Ah, uh, I took somebody's pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Boise is laying 20.5. It's a big number on the road, but Nevada's horrible. And Boise yeah. State has absolutely yeah. flipped the switch. I mean, they after a bad start, they have played extremely well and once again look like the class of that league. Uh, they reeled off four straight Mountain West wins. Only one of them was even close. They did lose last week to BYU. I am undeterred. Nevada has not won since September 3rd. They played the week zero and they won, and they played week one and they won, and they were plus nine turnovers in those games. And unless they're getting turnovers, they're winless. So I think Boise State jumps on them and stays on them and covers a large number, 20.5 in Reno. Certified lock. I'm going to go out west this week for a 9.30 p.m. kick. USC laying 34 versus Colorado. This is the biggest spread I believe I've taken so far this year. Colorado's given up. I had a, a Their last win was October 15th versus Cal. This is a team that is not ready to go out and, and really compete with USC. USC still has a lot to play for this year. They are uh, not notable for covering against really good lower level Pac-12 teams, but I think they try to make a statement in the in the final quartile of the season and uh and go up big against Colorado. So I'm taking the Trojans. Certified lock. Yeah, that could happen. I'm angry with Pat. I'm angry <laughs> with Pat. Stole Wetzel's pick. Got him. I am going to take, I'm going to stay there and I am going to set up a monstrous Mountain West game between Wyoming and, and Boise next week. Both oh. teams kind of coming off the mat and uh, mm. doing good things. Wyoming is at Colorado State. They're giving nine points. Uh, Wyoming has gotten its act together in a big way. They're on a three-game winning streak. Andrew Peasley, their quarterback. Titus Swen does a good job rushing. They got a whole thing. Their defense is pretty good. I'm going to I'm going to go with it, mainly because Colorado State is just awful. And uh, so I am going to take Wyoming on the road, giving nine. I think they're going to win this game by a couple touchdowns. Very focused on a huge showdown with Boise State next week. Certified lock. There we go. That is a big rivalry. I big big rivalry uh, Wyoming Colorado State. There was once when I was right. Don't they play for a boot? Yeah, yeah. Once when I was a kid, they, they like played. Wyoming's team ran yeah. down through the stands at Colorado State and they had a brawl before the game. So they get after a little. Well, it's only one way to run down. It's a problem. 
the border war. What do they get? Do they get a boot for this thing? It's called the border war. Yeah, this is the boot. Two campuses are 65 miles apart on Route uh, 287. Yep. Made that drive. The bronze boot. Bronze boot. There you go. Yeah. I drove that 287 over the summer. A lot of antelope, not a lot of people. The bronze boot, it was uh, worn by a Vietnam War captain back in the, so now they play for the bronze boot. All right. Well, I'm taking Wyoming in the bronze boot. Uh, they've done pick. a uh, done a good job uh, getting this thing going. And uh, they they lost like everybody in a tra- on the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was some kind of kind of doubts. But uh, Craig Bowl is a good football coach, man. He is a good yeah. football coach, and uh, so I got them, and then I'm I'm looking forward to the big match next week. Yeah. And then, um, that's what we got. That's our show. Not bad. I got one thing here to bring up. I guess I'll bring this up briefly. So the World Cup is coming up in Qatar. Yep. Uh, you don't want to be there if uh, you like to have a cocktail. Of alcohol is like banned in the country or something, but they're making some exceptions. But beers at hotels, according to the Daily Mail, will run you. Of course, they did it in British pounds, but I, I did the conversion. Fifteen to twenty bucks a beer. Ooh. Sounds like that's a so tough expense stadium. report. Yeah, that's the cheapest, and in some places, like the Champions Bar at the Doha Marriott can get up uh, during certain games, including the final, could be $80 a, a beer. Oh, come on. You have to buy, like, a, a, a package and you get three drinks. Wow. Uh, Is it worth it, oh, Pat? Is it worth it? Well, always, yeah. I mean, you know, you got to have a beer. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You know, I mean, you remember remember when we were in Tokyo in the depths of COVID covering the Olympics, by golly, at least I had a 7-Eleven next to the hotel where I could get two beers and some ham at night and some crackers. <laughs> some ham. That was my only solace for like two weeks. It wasn't, awesome. didn't it cost that much, you know, reasonably priced there at the 7-Elevens of uh Well, of yeah, Tokyo. yeah, no, I mean, considering Tokyo prices, not bad. Was it so, real you know, ham you do what or you was it? Do impossible ham and and oh and you didn't know God, don't bring it up i've been hearing from so many people about that story i regret telling it it's okay to share it's okay to share it is we're all family here we can be vulnerable to each other well, here. somebody okay. sent me a, a picture of uh I, some impossible sausage in yeah, I saw that. That was yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. It looked kind of similar to something else. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that was gross. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That was weird. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, let's leave it at that. All right. Whatever the heck you're eating. Don't uh, go into Qatar. Uh, I don't know what, you know. A lot of, a lot of stay here and watch college football. Much cheaper yes. beer. Right. We'll us. be back Sunday to break down all of the action. Continue to share us on social media. Tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Leave us nice reviews, and uh, we will talk to you later.